One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What's the science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated to receive two doses to travel? You know, that's a very good question, John. And, and the CDC is carefully heading in that direction. They're being careful, understandably. They want to get science. They want to get data. And then when you don't have the data and you don't have the actual evidence, then you've got to make a judgment call. So we have a drink tonight. Oh, a little bit. Just a little bit? Yeah. Right. I, I, I have one. Blue lives matter. No. This is, this is blue lives matter. It would be as if in Germany in 1935 you wore a t-shirt that said Jewish lives matter. It's not more humane to say, don't forget German lives matter too. That's assumed. Black lives matter, Jewish lives matter are the, are the lives that are in question. 2021 is so stupid that a rip plastered obliterated Johnny Damon is not among the dumbest human beings on the earth and certainly not in media not in politics not on Facebook not in this country Johnny Damon is among the one percenters of uh, the intelligentsia in 2021 we are a stupid country but that's fine we're still gonna have fun Okay, let's get to Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon, former Boston Red Sox and the Yankee, uh, and played somewhere else too before that. I forgot where. He was with the A's, I think. Oakland A's. Great baseball player. It was good to have him on the team. One of the spirits behind the 2004 Red Sox victory and uh, dynasty, some people would say, Alice. That's seven lifetimes ago for me. I didn't, uh, I'm well over the Sox these days. But, it, you know, I, I feel like we should play the Johnny Damon uh, DUI. Audio, because some of it's very funny. Some people would say it's very sad. It's I don't know that it's very sad. I think that to a degree, everybody's kind of been there. Maybe not driving. I would hope most people <laughs> not driving because he like blew like a, his blood alcohol was about like eighty three percent booze, and his he was wife, mostly booze and less blood. Yeah, and we got to um. What is his wife's name, Alice? Oh, Jenna Demon wife, because um, you will see why I do love her. Because I um, love crazy and Michelle Mangan Damon. We love Michelle Mangan Damon. 
so this is the this is the they got Johnny is coming home from a bar somewhere. He almost made it home, but he's been swerving all over the road. It's early in the morning, like five, like that kind of early in the morning, and he's uh, hit the curb and he's been all sorts of the, all over the place. This is a guy who's not generally dealing with an overabundance of brain power to begin with on his best day. But uh, he is uh, compromised, I think it's fair to say. So when the cop pulls him over in Florida, he, it doesn't take very long to establish that uh, that Damon has had a few. Just had a drink tonight. Um, a little bit. Just a little bit? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. A couple of reasons I'm stopping One, while I've been behind you, you've left your lane multiple times. Just say it. Okay, while I've been behind you, you've left your lane multiple times, and you actually struck the curve at one point on Main Street. And then the stop sign back there, you stopped all the way past the stop bar, the white line on the ground, you have to stop behind it. Hey, shut your door. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Right. Stay there. That's Michelle Damon, who's had about enough of this. She's going to get involved. Hey, stay there, sir. Sir, stay back. That's Johnny trying to push Michelle back in the car. The cop doesn't want any of this to be going on, but the Damons are barely comprehending where they are or what's being said. Over there. Um, Listen to me. Um, step over there. Okay, I'm Stay in the car. Oh, God. Did he say something about sober? No, he didn't say that. <laughs> So Mrs. Damon is not staying in the car. Okay, all I'm saying Stay is, in the car. All I'm saying right, is, stay in the, the get back in the car. Uh, are you are you kidding me? Stay back uh, there. Hey, I'm telling hey, her to go in the car. Stand over here. Hey, we are right stand there. Stand over here. We are right there. Get back in the car. We are right there. He's pointing to his house. They could walk to their house, but mm-hmm. they didn't walk to their houses, which is the problem, of course. All right, get fine. back I'm in. Going, I'm going to talk Get to back Bella. in the car. All right, don't touch me. Yeah. Don't touch me. Let don't go. touch me. Don't touch me. Let go. Don't Let touch me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, stop. Well, she told him not to touch <laughs> her, and uh, now she's backing it up by trying to uh, beat him up. Michelle Damon, who we still love, even though she's got a problem with the Thor. These people, these this couple... I don't know a, co- a couple who rides this hard together. This is <laughs> hardcore. They have kids, too. I don't even know. Like, the nanny must be like, oh, my God. I can't <laughs> believe they made it at home another night. So they've had about enough of this, and it's time to arrest the demons. Okay, we're at home right now. I don't know what you are doing. Face the car! Okay. <laughs> I'm Get out on the ground right now! Hey, babe, wa- walk home. Hey, secure her right no, now. No, no Bat Leo. Hey, babe. Damon desperately reaching out. No, wait, no, babe, walk home. Which is not actually an option at this point anymore <laughs> after she went after That's the cop. not a thing anymore. But and I love him, too, being like, wait, what are you doing as he's being handcuffed? Yeah. It seems like, yeah. No, he's. I assume he keeps just respawning every other second in his mind. Obviously... I'm going to posit that Mr. Damon has no recollection of this uh, particular interaction. <laughs> so he's learning. He's seeing this right along with us today. Walk Battery home. Leo. Uh, uh, yep. no, babe, walk home. Babe, walk home. Hey! What? Oh, that's okay. What's he being arrested for? Battery of Leo, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's her. That's that's Mrs. D being arrested for that. Mm-hmm. How cool would it be to be a kid, like, going while Mrs. D makes you a sandwich, like, the next day and <laughs> going over and... What are we doing right now? Yeah, what, what? Face the car! Face the car! Hey, I'm gonna 
face the car. He can't. Stop trying to pull away from me. I'm not. Yeah, you are. You keep walking away. Hey. Keep your hands on your back. Believe me, I am blue lighter. There we go. No, this is blue lighter. He musters up. He musters up the ability to say blue lives matter. Blue lives matter, and she's still fighting with the other cop, stepping all over his last chance, his last ditch effort at a hail mary save of this situation, which is not going well so far. And she can't keep it together for to uh, to let that happen. He is, is as hard as he tried. Blue lives matter. Yeah. Um, sorry, Johnny. Um, that's uh, we're past that at this point. Um, blue yeah, lives are stuffing cams. you into the squad car right now. <laughs> they have body cams. They can't cover this one up for yeah. you. It's on the record. But Jamie Damon does know. But the moment right just before he is carted away to jail, what this is all about. I'm a good <laughs> guy. And- I know people are trying to target me because I'm a Trump supporter. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah. It does. Yeah, my, maybe. I, I would also think that you're in the wrong lane and uh, driving on the sidewalk is a factor in why you're being apprehended. So that's Johnny Damon. I hope he and Michelle are all right. I saw them when they were filming, back when they were filming Still We Believe, in 04, I got passes or something. I worked for the Red Sox Network back mm-hmm. then. Uh, and we got that. I saw her and him in, at Point Blank. And she was she was a... Back then, I was a you know 31-year-old young fellow, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I took my brother and some other people. And we were pleased with her, I will say. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we like we like now that she's a violent uh, hooligan. <laughs> I love her even more. I'm sorry about that, Alice. It's been a good run for us. <laughs> now, Mrs. Damon is gonna. Although you've me. got your, you know what? Well, we'll keep if that. If you like somebody who gets rowdy drunk, I can meet that need occasionally. Yes, you can. Very, we, very occasionally. Do we talk about the early days of the early dating, Alice? I don't know. And the lighting of the jacket on fire. (laughs) I did set one of times. I had this jacket for the ages, a a fantastic corduroy jacket. It was so great. And it was, Mm -hmm. I could wear it in the summer and winter. It was that warm and breathable. It was just. In fact, I believe you wore it to watch Johnny Damon play. That's right. As a Yankee. That's right. It's memorialized. (laughs) Check out the pictures of Judas Damon and Getty Images, and you'll see my head there. Mm -hmm. Wearing uh, a jacket. And that jacket, exactly. And I was at one point uh, after a. After an early date with a 23-year-old Alice, uh, had a different last name back then, um, uh, she had been overserved at the bar, had been overly aggressive with the people we were going to meet, including <laughs> wanting to come to fisticuffs, and then I had to carry her the last few hundred yards to the um, to where we were, uh, to the destination. Well, she smoked and um, <laughs> dropped or... or or somehow managed to put her um, cigarette into my pocket, and uh, it uh, it was a I was a walking inferno for the rest of the uh, trip, rest of the walk. So that was uh, our Mr. and Mrs. Damon night. Thank you, Alice. That's very romantic. I'll make sure that I tell the kids about it. So I'd like to hear about your drunken uh, disastrous dates as well. Uh, it, just feel free to oh we got to read that email. Uh, feel free to let me know. Uh, let us know. 
Text us, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. That's Burn- an email, not a texting. Oh, Joe oh, yeah. Biden. <laughs> Five, <laughs> four, nine. Joe you know the thing. Three, oh. You know the thing. Three, oh. Go. Um, okay. So, uh, where am I now, Alice? What am I doing now? <laughs> I don't I've know. Lost, so I've lost are we myself. done with the Bidens? I mean, not the Bidens, the Damons. We're Sorry. done with the Damons. Although I sometimes think Biden is about as well. Lucid let me veer as... off before we get to some of the okay. uh, punch items that you've got ready. Okay. <clears throat> I ran into a very unlikely but interesting interview today. Okay. With Dinesh D'Souza, mm-hmm. who I like, is a good interview. Who a lot of people think is in the far out and you know it, 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 kind of the wacky side of. Conservatism. He's a wacky, I think. But yeah, maybe. Okay. And he, he did have more of an intact reputa- reputation more than a decade ago. But I like him, and I've interviewed him a few times, and he's a really easy guy to talk to, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And he had on his podcast for the Rumble Network, he yep. had uh, Bill Ayers on. Okay. Friend of Obama, weather underground, radical leftist, right, right, right. terrorist, whatever. And they were talking about Black Lives Matter. And uh, I thought that the exchange was fairly interesting. It wasn't incredibly deep. But these are two intellectuals. They are, no matter what mm-hmm. you were going to say about them, of uh, polar opposite uh, ideologies. And um, they start by talking about uh, another time they had met and were speaking together, and Ayers was wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. The first question from the floor was uh, from a woman, and she said, I'm a Christian, and I object to your T-shirt. It says Black Lives Matter. And I said, you don't think Black Lives Matter? And she said, no, I think all lives matter. And I said, I agree with that. And that's what this implies. It would be as if in Germany in 1935, you wore a T-shirt that said Jewish lives matter. It's not more humane to say, don't forget German lives matter, too. That's assumed. Black lives matter. Jewish lives matter are the, are the lives that are in question. That's why I wore the shirt. So I would say that the treatment of the Jews in Germany in 1935 is not equivalent to the treatment of black people in 2020. Thoughts? True. I would say that it is not equivalent. And um, more to the point, too, I would say that, you know, not just for that, but it's not a fair comparison because um, all lives mattered in Germany just as much as all lives matter today. Nobody's talking about saying, you know, he compared wearing a Jewish Lives Matter T-shirt to wearing a German Lives Matter 2 T-shirt, not a, you know, not an all lives matter shirt. My my general thought is that if you don't like to say that all lives matter, if that phrase bothers you in some way, that it's probably because you don't think that all lives matter. Just like, I mean, I don't have a big problem with the phrase black lives matter, but I also don't have any problem at all with the phrase all lives matter because all lives do matter. And if you're going to take one at face value, then you have to take the other one at face value too. Mm -hmm. If you're going to... Not allow people to read in all the organizational stuff that goes along with Black Lives Matter into somebody wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, right? If you're going to say, like, what, don't you think that Black Lives Matter? You know, and, you know, so if it's it's not okay to read in, like, oh, there's this whole movement that I don't agree with some of the things that they do, you know, if, if you have to take Black Lives Matter at face value and say, if you think Black Lives Matter, then you shouldn't have a problem with the phrase Black Lives Matter. Well, then I think you have to do the same for All Lives Matter, right? Like I would think so. And not the, to nitpick, but mm-hmm. not to nitpick, but, but this is a guy who's, who's uh, airs is somebody who's respected on the left. He's got uh-huh. a nice teaching gig, et cetera. But am I right? Or am I, perhaps I'm not right. But 
uh, German lives, uh, Germans mm-hmm. refers to a citizenry. Right. And Jews, German Jews were Germans, some of them. Yeah. So it would envelop. It's like then saying American lives matter, I guess. And I know it's mm-hmm. a small thing and, and not really right. where it is. Right. And, you know, but I've always found that to be sort of an odd comparison because people will say like, oh, well, if you're at a breast cancer event, you say like, oh, well, colon cancer matters, too. You know, like that would be offensive. Well, it really wouldn't be offensive if somebody was if you were at a breast cancer event and you talked about like, wow, cancer's really a scourge. And, you know, I know somebody who died of lung cancer and it was really terrible. You know, nobody would be offended by that. They would just think you were sympathizing by comparing to something similar, you know, whereas with the Black Lives Matter thing, if you say like, yeah, sometimes police police treatment of people is like really terrible and like they shot this white guy for no reason, too. That's like somehow offensive. You're not allowed to say that. Right. And then you're right. Going back to that parallel, saying that if you're at a breast cancer event, well, their contention is would be to make it a parallel that the breast cancer is a uniquely perilous cancer, a uniquely mm-hmm. perilous killer uh, ex- with exclusive volatility that would make everything else secondary or right. tertiary or whatever. Um, whereas if we're talking about policing and, and the death from police, that is not a parallel. White people are being killed by police and brown mm-hmm. people and black people. And if the, the difference, the ratios might be uh, inequitable, maybe, but it's a serious, it's an right. equally serious issue, really, for all Americans, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, if you're talking about the problem of police brutality, it is a problem for all Americans, and um, there's some evidence, I mean, clearly, the police have more interactions with minority communities than they do with white communities. Mm-hmm. Um, for a wide variety of reasons. Yeah, one of which is that minorities are calling the police for help more often. Right. And, you know, and and so the the crimes that police are trying to prevent minorities from committing generally are being committed against other minorities because in many cities, um, people still lead very segregated lives where they're mostly within their own um, ethnic community. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why, you know, there's a lot of crime of black people murdering other black people and a lot of crime of white people murdering other white people because that's you know the people that they're around to murder for the most part so um you know the the fact that that the police are having more interactions in those communities is due to the fact that like you said other minority community members are calling the police for assistance in many cases and so you know it it's not as simple a problem as that and yes there are a variety of issues in terms of single parent homes and and, the how and why we got there is a larger conversation and if black lives matter had been established and branded around that Mm -hmm. then that is something that's easier to get your mind around but it wasn't it was established around Cops killing people. Yeah, cops murdering people in cold blood. They're shooting black people down in the street for absolutely no reason whatsoever, and it's completely ridiculous. And and that concept is just not true. Right. And that's why if if the conversation was, if Black Lives Matter what, did mean that mm-hmm. the legacy of slavery has affected uh, black Americans in a, un- a uniquely 
um, harmful uh, manner. Right. Which if I think that's is what true that in is. Well, if that's what that is. Mm-hmm. If that's what Black Lives Matter means, then it is. Um, uh, it is uh, a little uh, gauche to say white lives matter because white American lives have not had that. I mean, have not had the same, you know, the legacy of slavery has not right. affected us right. or, or as far as I know. Um, but still, the fact that it's couched in those words, black lives matter, which is too cute by half. So it it, it makes it intellectually re- it, a little tough to even say those words because you're saying a slogan and an organization and it is, it's too convoluted. I know that they did it to be clever. So you say <laughs> black lives don't matter, like Bill Ayer said. But it's okay. a, it's actually it it convolutes the entire larger argument that you could be having or the discussion that you could be mm-hmm. having. Like if you want to say the slavery the legacy of slavery hurt black people more, and then I get a T-shirt that says the legacy of slavery hurt white people more. Well, then you've got a nice clear delineation right, right there, where the you know, but the white. It would be an interesting case to try to push. I will tell you that. <laughs> that would be <laughs> <You> indeed. <know? laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. There's a problem because the movement and the slogan are getting confused with each other. And it's not clear that um, that there's a lot of interest in detangling them. Mm. You know, for example, it's a, the same thing went on with the defund the police thing. Well, defund the police. And then people went whoa, we don't want to defund the police. And they go, oh, well, it doesn't really mean that. It's this other complicated thing that you wouldn't understand because it's like more subtle than that. And I'm it's glad about- you said that, uh, Mrs. Shattuck, because mm-hmm. they're going to get to defunding the police momentarily. Dinesh D'Souza in Bill Ayers. What do you have against the cops? You've got these working class guys who sign up to do a job. Uh, they're uh, they're uh, ethnically a diverse group. Uh, they don't make the laws. They're in charge of, of applying the laws and administering them effectively. Why do you think that they're bad as a group? And, and do you want to defund the police? And if so, why? Well, you put uh, a lot of information on me that I never said to you. So No, I, I'm I, asking. I'm only asking. Yeah. Um, uh, I agree with you that um, cops typically are working class guys who've been recruited into this um, institution. That's true. But it's also true that um, the police, it's not a question of an individual bad apple. It's a bad system that has many, many good apples in it. So this is more, I think, legitimately debatable. Right. True. And I think that there are uh, people on the right, like more libertarian leaning right wing Mm -hmm. people who would probably agree with some of that. Right. Like, why are we rousting? Why are we rousting any drunk people in the street? Unless mm-hmm. it's for their own good, unless they've broken the law, why are we why are we hassling people selling single cigarettes? Right, exactly. Why um, are we? T- even maybe this has to do with the drug laws as well. Why, why are, are we, we no knock raiding Brianna Taylor's house in the middle of the night when right. she wasn't in, in target of the investigation? Right. You know, those are the types of things that I think you could absolutely get right wing people on board with a hundred percent, just like you were able to get Trump on board with criminal justice reform because mm-hmm. you know he got some of these. Um, more liberty-minded Republicans on board with this and got it done. And I think that, um, but I think that the way the left goes about it is designed to raise the hackles of right-wing people automatically. So, you know, I mean, but but I'm interested that he said that there are good apples in, the, in, the, in a bad system. I was shocked to hear that he was 
I mean, this Did is a guy. Did blow up yeah, police officers? I, I believe so. <laughs> so this is, I was shocked to hear that. And I mm-hmm. thought that that's very interesting. And the, the, there's now daylight between yesterday's Weather Underground and today's oh, Social Justice Warrior is mm-hmm. interesting to me. Let's take New Haven, Connecticut. New Haven, Connecticut, the police make massive arrests in a community about a mile and a half from Yale for drug paraphernalia, for drug possession. They don't make that many arrests at Yale itself, and yet it's known that drug possession and drug use at Yale is as prevalent as drug use two miles away. Why is that? Why is it enforced one place and not another place? That's the institutional part. It's not a thing of good apples or bad apples. It's a thing about how the institution functions. So it's well known that the law in its majesty forbids both poor and rich from sleeping under the bridges and begging for coins on the street. Both poor and rich are covered by the majesty of the law. The problem with that is that it's a law made for the rich precisely because it targets some people. Thoughts? I mean, I also think that that's true. Yeah, right? I think in this case, the, the it, it undoubtedly there are it's people fair. in New Haven on the campus of mm-hmm. Yale who are getting high and doing all sorts of stuff, and then people in the hood right next door, or people on the campus of Yale that don't seem like Yaleys mm-hmm. who are getting roused by the cops for similar similar behavior. Now, I think that there's a it, that that's a class issue, I would say, uh, more than a race issue. Mm-hmm. But what what uh, you know. And and I and I think that probably in the hood that all sorts of people are getting roused. But and he's right because obviously the Yaley kids, their parents have money and they're never going. It's everything. The cops get, don't want to no deal load. with that stuff, right? Yeah. They're not. And nobody. And you know what? The DA doesn't want to deal with that stuff. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, we can't, we can't do do that stuff. It, it, there could be more violent crime probably happening in conjunction. Right. Uh, on off campus right. as well. And a lot of times they might not be able to charge the other crimes that are happening. Right. So they, they lack it down evidence. To possession. Right. So they'll like plead down to lower crimes that lots of people do that aren't really that bad a crime, but that's right. not like why the cops put them but there. But the moment then the cops say, Okay, mm-hmm. we're only addressing we're only arresting two Yaleys per month uh on campus for weed, but we're arresting five hundred um marginalized people in the neighborhoods Per month, and the moment they draw back to make those numbers uh, more equitable, mm-hmm. um, it, there's going to be outcry in the uh, marginalized community saying, "Where the hell are the cops? I don't right. want this around my." And why should they? Why should they? In the in the name of equity, should you have to have drugs and violence in the streets? You mm-hmm. know, you would want to have the uh, the the hood be as much as a utopia as. The Yale play. Well, the Yale already has law and order happening. Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because you have these these defund the police conversations. And I think it must it must have been a squad person. I think it was probably AOC who um, said, like, people always ask me, what does defunding the police look like? What does that mean? And I say it looks like the suburbs, like where, you know, they don't spend a ton of money on the police. The police don't have a lot to do and they don't have a lot of um, negative interactions with the townspeople because they don't really have a lot to do. They kind of just hang around. There's not very many of them and um, and the town invests their money in other things. And I think that there's like kind of a chicken or an egg problem there is that, you know, that people on the left think that the policing that's happening in those communities is what's causing those communities to be that way. Mm. And in fact, it's 
the reverse, that there are a host of social factors that are causing the community to be that way. And the policing exists in a reaction to what's going on there in that community already. Right. You know, the suburbs don't have the police departments they have because they decided to do that. And so, like, they just, you know, there's no murders in the suburbs because there's no police. Like, it doesn't... Right. It, one happened before the other one, you know? Which is why it's a mistake to go after the end product, which right. is the encounters happening on the streets... You need to go after the sources of why the young men are on the streets doing crimes without dads, mm -hmm. without um, education, you know, um, without any guidance. Well, yeah. Without like other alternative means to make money. Without mm -hmm. So, and those are eight steps up there. But all we're doing by picking on police is making politicians, uh, you know, look like they're doing something. And this right. is just, we're just spinning the tires here, you know, pretending we're doing something. It looks good. You can, you know, you can write on the sidewalks, name streets mm -hmm. after George Floyd and all that stuff. But it's not hitting the root problems. Well, yeah. And it's the same with the, the school, the things that happen in the schools all the time, too, is that, you know, we end up with these things where it's like, oh, we need to make sure that more kids of color get a high school diploma. So we need to do X, Y, and Z. And like, these schools still aren't educating the kids they're just graduating more kids and you end up graduating people who lack the basic skills to actually do well because the schools have failed the kid and the school instead of admitting that they failed the kid and trying to be better just graduates more people you know and and it doesn't it's like a weird like fantasy land where they're like oh look at all these people who have high school degrees all these people who go to college they do really well in life so let's have the people who uh don't who weren't going to do well in life. Let's have them go to college too. But if you were already set up for failure by, you know, the community that you lived in, it doesn't help you to now be at college if you don't have the skills to be there and all this other stuff. Like right. it's in, it's the same thing with the police. And like that's... we'll just make this look like a suburb by not arresting anybody and then it'll be just like the suburbs. Like well no it won't because you have to deal with the underlying problems. You have to deal right. with the fact that you're not educating kids in a lot of cases in these school districts where the the teachers unions have enormous power and they're not doing their jobs. Like And that's really and that's that's where the hard discussions happen. It's mm -hmm. not go f jump from that level back to Jim Crow, back to racism, back to statues, mm -hmm. back to whatever. It's the hard part of the problem is that level right there. And that has to do with modern day politics mm -hmm. and opportunists and profiteers and people with unhealthy agendas. And that's where this battle needs to happen right now. Right. And the, like the, the, the idea... But instead we're having like random liberal white people in random corporations do trainings where they like think about the the their unconscious biases about things like as though that mm -hmm. has anything to do with what's happening in inner city education systems because the things are not connected and to pretend that they are without dealing with the actual problems that are taking place is just a waste of everybody's time and energy and money actually well it's not a waste for mm -hmm. the people who are running the seminars because they're making money from it, which is why they want to do it. But they don't want to talk about, you know, 
policies put forward by Republicans that might actually help minority communities like opportunity zones or disempowering teachers unions. Look at what the teachers unions have done to underprivileged kids this past year. There are lives who will be on a negative trajectory forever because of this year. In in marginalized communities, in all communities, Kids are so but marginalized communities, there are black lives that have been destroyed over this corrupt institution. This mm-hmm. horrible. I'm going to play what Dinesh D'Souza says in response to Ayer's Yale argument. Let's start with Yale and New Haven because it seems to me that what you're saying, and I, and I completely agree with it, by the way, is that. The laws don't apply equitably to everybody. You've got powerful institutions that are able to game the system. So you know and I know that the most powerful institution in Hanover, New Hampshire is Dartmouth College. The most powerful institution in New Haven is Yale. So Yale is able to establish a protective cordon and basically say, we'll have some campus policemen just making sure no one gets out of line. But otherwise, we're going to let students do whatever they want. Uh, I noticed that drinking was pervasive at Dartmouth and, and protected by the college. Uh, even though there were all kinds of state laws against drinking. So we know this is true. It, it's true in our society more generally, right? You have people like Nancy Pelosi who say things like, nobody should have a gun, whereas everywhere she goes, there are 10 guys who are massively armed. Nobody should have a wall. She's got a massive wall around her estate. So what I'm getting at is, why is this the fault of the police? What I'm getting at is we're living in a society where people, and I I think most of them, in fairness, are on the left side of the aisle, live by a set of rules that are not applicable to everybody else. And we know that. And I agree that inequity, I would like to correct it. I'd like to go take down the wall around Nancy Pelosi's house and say, if walls don't work, let's not have yours. If guns are ineffective, you don't need any protection. You seem to be saying that because Yale allows privileges to its students, that do not apply, let's say, to the rest of New Haven. Therefore, the cops are to blame. And I guess what I'm trying to say no, is... I didn't the- say that. No, Dinesh, you misunderstood. Okay. What I said is there are good apples and bad apples. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I think these are working class guys who go to work and this is their job. Okay. The problem is the law enforcement system is really a targeted system against some people and in favor of other people. That's all I'm saying. I, and so I'm not saying that they should go and, and, and bust into the Yale dorms and arrest all the kids who are smoking a joint. No, I don't think that. But I think the fact that they've aimed their resources and their, and their energy and their time at this community is, in fact, a racist system. So I would say um, cheers to Bill Ayers and Dinesh D'Souza. I think this yeah. is constructive conversation. I agree. I agree. And in the spirit of, um, you know, people on the left being serious about this stuff, too, um, I would say that uh, I was happy today about a fellow named Brooklyn Dad. Have you heard of Brooklyn Dad? No. You want to finish Dinesh first? I want to finish something because I'm... I'm stringing along a couple of things here. I'm okay. familiar with, I am familiar with Brooklyn Dad, and I love it, and I want to get into it. Okay. But I want to just finish this out with something that I saw, and I didn't tell you about this because it was the last second before this show. Okay. This, um, this news wrap by News Nation. Okay. And they had a reporter at, and this is directly related to the race issue mm-hmm. and the black community and George Floyd and all this. Okay. So they have a re- reporter- um, trying to um, uh, uh, do a report from right outside the George Floyd Autonomous Zone. 
Did you know there was one? No, I did not. There is. It's a few blocks in uh, Minneapolis mm-hmm. that include the area where George Floyd died. This place is run by essentially Antifa and some B- Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter adjacent, and some what seems to be just criminals right now. Okay. So this guy tries to do a news wrap, a news hit in front of them in two Antifa or BLM Tifa um, uh, enforcers uh, make their way to him. There's no violence or anything, but you're going to hear the, the way they're talking. Okay. Behind me uh, is the George Floyd Memorial. This is where George Floyd was killed back in May. He's standing outside. The streets are blocked off with like dumpsters and refuse and whatever, so he's mm-hmm. just showing behind him. Hey, take a look. Um, these barricades have been set up by, uh, by protesters and supporters of the movement. Uh, they don't allow anyone Approaching in. Approaching our police. an autonomous zone. Uh, and... You're going to be in a bad situation here in a second. Oh, I thought if we were on this side of the barricade, no. you're going to be in a bad situation in a second. What do you mean by Because you've been called out for what you are, and you need to get out of here. Please go. You know, we know what you are. You need to get in your car and go. We're just media. I don't give a who you are. You've been called out for who you are. You need to get in your car and go. These thugs, uh, the dude is a white guy, and I think the girl is too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Bad things are going to happen to you. Being, they're threatening them. The guy standing on a city street, not even in the autonomous zone, which is a horse bleep to them. One of those exists. <laughs> standing in the street, you know, threatening this guy. And where we allow this to happen, you know, they're talking about the Boogaloo Boys and the, even the idiot with the antlers wasn't like this. Yeah, Trump was violent to the press because he said he called right. said they were liars and yet somehow the media being directly threatened that something bad's going to happen to them if they don't leave an area that's fine though it's very tense near the memorial and a militant style group has closed off several blocks with barricades what's the situation at the memorial now this is his the rest of his news package mm-hmm. he's talking at this point to a um an activist mm-hmm. a black lives matter or adjacent to activist, um, and she's she's protesting at this point um, violence in the city, and you'll find out why. The situation at the memorial is, um, from what I understand, is kind of volatile. Um, people that want to go and support um, doesn't feel a sense of inclusion. Um, there is more of a like militant type atmosphere over there and a sense of fear. Kim Griffin supports police reform and was outside the courthouse protesting Floyd's death, but she does not agree with what's happening at the memorial. Her nephew, 28-year-old Amez Wright, was shot and killed there over the weekend. Were police able to get in and, and help him? Or police were not allowed to get into that area. He was carried out of outside the zone of... Can you effing believe that? Yeah. They can't go into that area. That area belongs to the white Antifa middle class, upper class people and some other protesters and other gang, militant gangs who are allowed to own it. City leadership allows this to happen. This poor kid, a poor black kid, gets shot, is bleeding out, and nobody can go in and help him because we've seeded over, seeded over part of the city to these thugs because we're freaking putting on a performance here. That is disgusting. George Floyd Square. But not allowed by who? I mean, they're the police. The, uh, the law enforcement, it was made clear law enforcement was not welcome to penetrate that zone, which is an atrocity because 
his life was taken and I mean who knows whether or not he would have survived had things been different yeah had anybody done their jobs had the elected leaders mm-hmm. in that city done anything is that Frey or Fry or whatever that mayor there uh, I forgot. The young kid guy who went yeah, and I guess like, apologized is. to the protesters. Yeah, and they threw bottles at him anyway. <laughs> so, so that's where we are. That's what all this is doing here. The actual, the existential effect of all this bull bleep that we've been doing for the past year is the damaging of marginalized communities and the the stupid ham-handed middle-class white people. Feeling good at at the cost of black lives once again, but they feel like they've done. They've moved on now. They're on to new things. You know, they've moved on to double masking now and and whatever that stuff is. And that's just it's disgusting. It makes me angry. Speaking of double masking, this idiot was on TV again today, and a new revelation. Well, once mm. again, what we thought was following the science isn't necessarily following the science anymore. What's the science? behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated receive two doses to travel? You know, that's a very good question, John. And and the CDC is carefully heading in that direction. Uh, You know, when we when when Dr. Walensky made the announcement a day or two ago about the fact that when you have a couple of people, two or three or more people in a family setting, both of whom are vaccinated, even if it's someone from another, a friend. What's a science, little man? Doesn't have to be a member of the family. That was the first in a multi-step process that they are going to be rolling out. They're being careful, understandably. They want to get science. They want to get data. And then when you don't have the data and you don't have the actual evidence, then you've got to make a judgment call. Ding, 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 ding. There you go. Sorry about that. Sorry if your life has been destroyed. Sorry if your kids can't go to school. Sorry if your kids in marginalized neighborhoods don't have after-school programs to go to and they have to be out in the street and get shot in autonomous zones now. Sorry about that. Dr. Fauci and all the other D.C. hacks who make $400,000 a year and lives are set and don't have recessions and don't have the worries you have, they made a judgment call. Sucks to be you. And I think that's what you're going to be seeing in the next weeks. You're going to see little by little more and more guidelines getting people to be more and more flexible. The first installation of this... You don't get to frigging tell us. You don't dole out incremental guidelines of our freedom, you madman. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Damn it, I said the word again. Uh, Sugar. (laughs) Vaccinated people do in the home setting. Obviously, the next one is going to be what you're asking. What about travel? What about going out? What about getting a haircut? What about doing things like that? That's all imminently going to be coming out. Guys, let's call a meeting on haircuts. What do you think? I don't want to. Shall we let the people get haircuts? Fauci has a haircut. He absolutely, he's been on GQ, by the pool, with his shades on. Everybody is a child acting, and he's just one of them. God, he is such a fraud. Oh, Alice, the floor is yours. Um. Okay, so I wanted to talk about Brooklyn Dad. Because Brooklyn Dad uh, has been sort of a neoliberal um, Biden stan on Twitter for a while. Um uh, so he, um, so one of the things he's gotten flack about tweeting was in September. Um, he's a guy with like a hundred thousand followers or how more. How many does he have? Uh, yeah, almost nine hundred thousand. Nine hundred thousand, almost a million followers, I believe yeah, that means. So he has quite a few Twitter followers. He goes by Brooklyn Dad, and um, 
he got a lot of flack from activists in the fall in September for saying, if you know anybody in Louisville, Kentucky, please ask them to stay home tomorrow. If they must protest, beg them to please do it peacefully. Don't contribute to Trump's narrative. Pass it on. So not, you know, don't burn down the city of Louisville because, you know, like that's a minority community and that would be bad to burn it down. Um, uh, And he replied, actually, people gave him pushback and he said, what don't you agree with? Peaceful protests? You'd prefer that people go out there burning so he can say he's sending in. You just swore. Sorry. I'm just reading Brooklyn Dad. Sorry, I wasn't thinking. So he can say he's sending in law enforcement because rioters, rioting and looting is only going to get Trump reelected. So he was very concerned about Trump's reelection prospects and the idea that rioting could, in fact, help Trump in some way because he likes Biden a lot and he's very um, anti the activist wing. So um, he's definitely like not a favorite of the Bernie bros and stuff. He's right. also been like super anti schools reopening. He tweeted, every single person in the White House and every member of Congress should be required to send their kids to public school for a month before the rest of us send ours with no testing. Almost a million fans. This guy has some Mm -hmm. very pointed and and direct policy beliefs. Um, Yeah. I would say you could call him an influencer. Yeah. He he is probably an influencer. He uh, also tweeted around the time of the... uh, in August, my wife just now, Jill Biden, is going to give America a mommy again. It's what we need. Amen. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so the great thing about this is that it turns out that um, he has been paid, in fact, by a pack that he himself raises money for called uh, the Really American Pack to make these tweets. So, because supposedly that's like helping Trump uh, get defeated, I guess, helping progressive right. policies. If Brooklyn Dad is out here tweeting because he's an influencer. So, this PAC paid him 60 grand between uh, July and December of last year. Right. So, these PACs are now laundering money through Twitter, popular Twitter people, mm-hmm. to get their messaging out under the auspices, really, that these are just popular Twitter people to follow. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the biggest contributors to this pack is a company called JHCH Ventures, which also is paid by the pack to do normal things like their finances and consulting and other stuff. So they're just, it's all money coming in, going out here and there, back and forth. And uh, they're, it's, it's truly just here is like the things that, uh, JHCH Ventures was paid for by the pack to the tune of $300,000 over the six months from June to the end of the year. Um, financial um, consul- consulting, ad production, consulting, email list management, management, strategy, social media consulting, things like that. $300,000 the pack paid to this company that's donating back to the pack and is all people who are in the pack. So it's it's just another Lincoln what project for what blue resistance liberals. And understandably, a lot of like Rose emoji Antifa type people who are probably more aligned with Bill Ayers, which is why it made me think of this. They're uh, not thrilled that Brooklyn Dad and his buddies on Twitter are, you know, constantly raising money for a pack to, you know, 
get progressive policy goals that they use to just pay themselves to make like really fire tweets all the time, you know, and, but that's, that's how these people work. Steve Schmidt also believes he's an influencer, I believe, just as, um, what's Rick, whatever. The Rick other, uh, Wilson. Rick Wilson also believes he's an influencer and he, he goes on MSNBC and disses Trump really bad that that's like somehow going to impact the election, even though these things have no impact on anything. They're not out there doing voter registration or doing right. anything helpful. So actually, you know, I guess as a Republican, I'm in favor of this. So <laughs> I'm in favor of the Lincoln Project taking a bunch of Democrat money and Brooklyn Dad and the Really American Pack taking a bunch of Democrat money and just uh, totally wasting it in other news um the megan and harry saga continues it turns out she doesn't let him drink tea coffee or alcohol anymore yeah <laughs> she's quality <laughs> that's great and uh piers morgan is being investigated by um as if that's not punitive imagine that <laughs> tea coffee and alcohol i mean the booze like... obviously is... he's british he's british yeah and he, he is tea. all they have that's their thing <laughs> So poor Harry. Um, he was British. <laughs> they can have them. I'm fine with no, it. He's just a... And you know, all these people who keep saying like, oh, like we're America. We're against ro- royalty. Like go Meghan and Harry. They're not Americans. I'm all for the British royalty. They can go be British and as long as they don't bother me. What I'm against is British royalty showing up in America and ruining my day. That's what I have a problem with. So they can go back where they came from. But I mean, I can understand why they might not want to be there because they don't like have free speech there. Piers Morgan is now under investigation. Of course. uh, By their uh, media regulator. Yes. Non-approved of discord uh, where he he criticized a marginalized person 41,000 complaints yes. that day when he uh walked off set right. because of his hate speech or whatever mm-hmm. uh he did there so that's cool good luck with that britain seems like a fun country to live in all right um, let's wrap her up you've got to get to any of these other droppings we can get to um and i wish i didn't call them that we can get to tomorrow unless you think that something is really pressing because you've got to go to the warehouse um, I do think this is pressing okay, though, because um, Tucker Carlson's show last night is was. Um, oh, uh, time out. Yeah. You and I have an, a problem, little lady. Okay, I can fix the DVR. Is that the problem? Did you I, not set it back up? To I record? didn't get to watch this show because for some reason it stopped recording as of last night. Okay, well, I'll fix the DVR. Okay, honey. Can but, you imagine the cruelty? You know, that's taking I away sent, my you know, tea. That's what that is. Okay, I You're sent, my Meghan Markle. I didn't do anything to the DVR, you took but away I'll my fix tea it for you. I'm as sure you probably broke it. Okay, you... Go ahead. <laughs> Go <laughs> I ahead. think you probably broke it. I did not. But I sent you in the messages um, what that you can play right here. Uh, Tucker's oh, opening can... last night. Oh, it's right, right in your oh, Twitter messages. It. Let me look at it. Hold on. Hold on. What's the website number? Do you know? Um, no, but this is all Let's about see. Taylor Lawrence. I've told you about Taylor Lawrence before. She is a... A tech reporter, I guess, for the New York Times. Yes, and uh, she can. Com- she doesn't like. Um, she doesn't like Clubhouse because right, because people can talk on there, and she doesn't right. like it. And how recently was this? She said um, that you sent this. I, I'm at Brigham's right now. That's yesterday. It's right seven- before your autonomous zone message oh, that you said so to me. Just, ago. Yes, it was right before that. It says, "Steve Peebles, this is dangerous and disgusting." 
Oh, there we go. Steve Peoples. Okay, so you can play this Tucker clip for us because Taylor Lawrence was complaining the other day that she's like the most put upon person in the world and the harassment she's received is just terrible, mostly because she um, complains all the time that people have free speech on Clubhouse. And so she's considered somewhat a laughingstock among people who like free speech. Cause you tell me when to fire. It seems like her media reporter job is pretty, or her tech reporter job is just being on social media and then like writing snarky columns about things that mm-hmm. she sees people say on social media and then like people get mad yeah, at her. She's not a genius. So, uh, yeah. So Tucker opened his show talking about her last night. The most powerful people claiming to be powerless. Taylor Lorenz, for example, writes for the New York Times. She's at the very top of journalism's repulsive little food chain. (laughs) Lorenz is far younger than prominent New York Times reporters used to be. She's also much less talented. You'd think Taylor Lorenz would be grateful for the remarkable good luck that she's had. But no, she's not. Just this morning, she tweeted this, quote, For International Women's Day, please consider supporting women enduring online harassment. It's not an exaggeration to say that the harassment and smear campaign I've had to endure over the past year has destroyed my life. Hmm, destroyed her life, really? By most people's standards, Taylor Lorenz would seem to have a pretty good life. One of the best lives in the country, in fact. Lots of people are suffering right now, but no one's suffering quite as much as Taylor Lorenz is suffering. People have criticized her opinions on the Internet, and it destroyed her life. Let's pause on this International Women's Day and recognize that. You thought female Uyghurs had it bad. You haven't talked to Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> so uh, the general feeling on the left, and I'll read you the tweet that retweeted this. Let me guess that that was violence? That was violence. He was sicking his fans on yes. her. That's why he said her full name. I've been told on the internet yeah. because that's not allowed, I guess, when you mention no, I thought he meant Liz Taylor for <laughs> half of it. This is dangerous and disgusting, says Steve People. Someone asks for help after suffering online harassment and this man mocks her in prime time using her full name. He sounds like a fun guy. <laughs> using her full name five separate times in an obvious attempt to encourage more harassment. There's, we are uh, better yes. than You're this. You're reading the tweet of an incel, Alice, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, um... So, yeah, the left feels that Tucker uh, literally did violence on Taylor Lorenz by making fun of her. And um, so we've paid proper homage to International Women's Day. So when is it time for hi ho, hi ho? It's off to the warehouse you go. It is indeed. So can I play the music you now? You can play the music now. I give you permission. Happy uh, International Women's Day, day three. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. As Tom mentioned earlier, you can send us an email, which is Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can comment to us on YouTube. Our channel there is Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel. And uh, you can subscribe either there or wherever you like to listen to podcasts and write a review. Supposedly, that really helps, apparently. Say la vie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.